Before we get straight into the podcast, I just want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors, D Kirby GA Star. Declan Kirby GA Star Championship Journey. It's a series of GA team children's books written by primary school teacher and GA coach Michael Egan. You can check it out in the link in the description down below, of course, as well. Follow the trials and tribulations of Declan Kirby and his team at Smith Green Gaelic Football Club, recently formed a promising GA team. The book is now available in Easton's and all good bookshops, so check it out in the description down below. And let's get straight into so welcome back to the GA Fan TV podcast. My name is Aaron. I'm delighted to be joined here by Daniel Hussey of Tackling Sports to run through an extended preview of this weekend's All Ireland Senior Football Championship final between Dublin or between Mayo and Tyrone. Catching my words there, Dublin not in the All Ireland final there. I'm sure all the Mayo and Tyrone fans quickly to to jump in there and remind me. But um, I suppose it's been a mad year of GA. First of all, I mean Mayo and Tyrone in an All Ireland final. I mean I just can't quite. It just like it just doesn't really sound real like it's the first time they've ever played each other in an all-around senior football final i mean it's kind of it's kind of mad really yeah and for anyone that's still tuning in after that dublin mistake fair play just for hanging on in there but <laughs> like i i it's it's been on the tip of my tongue like start of the year i was like there's dublin Kerry and there's everyone else and nothing before the all-around semi-finals made me change that my mind like i did think give mayo a really good chance against dublin to be fair but particularly tyrone i just thought with all of that was going on and Kerry, Kerry were going to do it. But I've kind of sort of those two games, well, we were just talking off air there. They weren't like classics in terms of the quality of football. That might be a tad harsh, but I think a lot of people get where I'm coming from. The, the, the drama, the both games, semi-finals going to extra time. You're looking at it going, if these games go to two replays, like the old days, you know, you might see two different results or it, it was just a bit mad. It was all on the one day, the atmosphere in both the games, I've kind of got my balls back from for intercounty getting football a bit from those two games. I really have. And I know as a dub, I was obviously disappointed. I was on the hill for the, the Mayo game, but Jesus, I'm celebrations after. I've never seen anything like it, to be honest with you, in all our finals, semifinals or whatever. There was just this outpouring of emotion, combination of Mayo's bad luck stories beating Dublin, but also a bit of from the pandemic. Everyone was back out again. It, it was They're just two brilliant stories. Obviously, Tyrone doing the same against Kerry. So, yeah, to long and short of it, I'm just really looking forward to watching an all-earned final without Dublin and Kerry. Like, it's it's just such a novelty. And hopefully that that will inspire the likes of a Donegal on further or a Galway on further going, we're not a million miles away, like the likes of the experts like myself were saying <laughs> a few months ago. But it, it's brilliant. Brilliant for the GA, and we've got an absolutely belter of an honor and final to look forward. Yeah, I think everyone just assumed it was going to be Dublin and Kerry. I mean, everyone, including myself, and even when I had you on the podcast before, like we were nearly previewing an all out and final between Dublin and Kerry before it happened. And then yeah. lo and behold, Mayo and, and Tyrone come along and, and shock us all, really, and put themselves into an all out and final. And like looking at the, like what you said, like you've got your love back for inter county Gaelic football. And I think. This year in particular, like there's been some sort of, I suppose, romance in many ways about Gaelic football. You think of the ladies football championship, Mead winning their first ever All-Ireland yesterday. Um, and obviously, you know, two years ago, we're in the intermediate final back in 2016. They were absolutely hammered by Cork and they've gone all the way up to win the final. You think of the Offaly under 20s, the Mead Miners, the Derry Miners, you know, uh, all sorts of shocks happening in, in, in football as well. The Sligo Miners as well. It does, it does kind of show that maybe in Gaelic football you know it isn't it isn't as bad as we think yeah it's the year of the shocks and you're spot on to bring up like the ladies the under 20s the minors like 
the minors is probably taking not getting enough credit and then the off the other 20s are getting too much credit and now all of a sudden that it's the mead uh the, just to give a quick word on the mead ladies like it just what a validation for the lgfa and the way they have their structures at junior intermediate and senior and also the way they kind of sell their all iron finals and they'll get plenty of stick and rightly so to be fair on like player welfare there's a lot of terrible issues in the lgfa at the moment but I do think that if they're connected to the GA, I don't think their all iron finals would have sold as well. The fact they're on their own, that's the small bit of positives from that. Although ultimately, I do think eventually they should come together with the GA for fixture and fixtures and working with fixtures and stuff like that. But yeah, the Mead story to lose two consecutive intermediate all iron finals, like my own club, we've lost two consecutive junior championship semifinals and I'm still not over it. So to lose two intermediate all iron finals, it's probably the making of that team because then they, they won the. Uh, last year's intermediate final fairly convincingly in the end and that's kind of given them the platform they had three years almost hiding in intermediate getting their show ready but I just want to I know it's Dublin Kerry here or sorry Dublin Kerry there you go again Tyrone Mayo in, in the final here but just before just last thing on the ladies like the, the narrative uh, everyone was writing them off uh, before the game and you know all this uh, we were written off but like meet are completely written off there was this segments on different shows talking about the drop in standard of the ladies football teams everyone outside of Dublin so uh, in some ways, it was it was fitting that they managed to do it. So it's it's that buzz of the sport back. Um, the off the under twenties was amazing, like you said, Shane Larry coming in and straight away, like it's it's not it's not that it's like the the straightaway impact, like in terms of investment and stuff. It's probably seeing Shane Larry there, Shane Larry there, seeing that he's you know putting the money in, etc. And those players probably had, a, I think they had a couple of meetings with him or just, you know, just having him there as a face along with Michael Dygan as well. There's some great good news stories. And like you said, like to mail to end the curse on Saturday, on Saturday, isn't it? Will be just absolutely incredible. But then again, it, it, the villain, like if you couldn't get a bigger villain than Tyrone, like, do you know what I mean? And they don't seem to be, they, I know they're not too happy with the coverage of the Kerry Tyrone game and everyone talking about how Kerry lost this. There's a definitely a siege mentality building there big time. And that's before you bring in all the COVID stuff that's been said about with Pat Spillane and the Sunday game. So mark my words, they'll come in on Saturday with a serious performance. And while at the final whistle, seeing Tyrone being Kerry, I was like, I think May will do it. I don't know. I've, 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 I wrote Tyrone off too many times this year to write them off again. I think they're coming in with a massive performance this weekend. But whatever the result, it's just amazing to have uh, so much sport because like the ladies was dominated by Dublin for years the, uh, the, football, the men's dominated by Dublin for years the under 20 in some ways dominated by stronger counties so there's just so many good stories at the moment and we, we should take a minute or two to just reflect on that and just be like how proud we are to have this as a sport like in, in Ireland it's just uh, pretty inc- incredible quite emotional the last few weeks now I have to say yeah no absolutely like to, to see it all kind of unfold and you know, the Sligo Miners as well, winning a, you know, a Connacht Minor title for the first time and how many years, like, it was uh, extraordinary stuff. And, like, looking at both Mayo and Tyrone, it is kind of interesting, like, looking at them over the past couple of years because although, like, a lot of people have looked at Kerry as kind of being the closest to being to, to beating the Dubs, and fair enough, they probably were in that six-year spell the closest team to beating the Dubs in that 2019 replay. But Mayo and Tyrone have always just kind of been in the background. Like, they've always kind of been there thereabouts like we all know Mayo and the amount of all around finals they've been to Tyrone have obviously been to an all around final themselves in 2018 they're in a semi-final in 2017 semi-final 2016 semi-final 2019 so like both sides they're, they've always kind of been there thereabouts and it probably is quite fitting that one of these two will be the ones to lift Sam other than Dublin because although a lot of people would look at look at Kerry like in fairness they've only made one all around final since 2015 so yeah, that's actually a really good point. Like, uh, it's, it's an obvious thing to say what you said about Mayo, but 
some ways I hadn't quite thought about it like that for Tyrone. And I guess if you're looking at a fourth county over the last five or six years, and while realistically it's always been between Dublin, Kerry and Mayo for the last, since 20, since Donegal won the other end. So I'd say since 2015, it's really all, all about being, it's all been about Dublin, Kerry, Mayo. Tyrone, if there was a fourth team, it's not Donegal, it's not Galway, it is Tyrone. The fact they got to that all-iron final in 2018, the 17th semi-final, Conal Callan's early goal, they just haven't quite managed to perform on the big day, which is why, like, geez, even this year I was writing them off against uh, Donegal. And to be fair, they were beaten against Donegal had Michael Murphy scored that penalty. But again, it, it's that momentum they built. And I'm a big believer that this team will get better in the second and third year under Logan and Dewar 100%. But the fact is, they're, they're almost in bonus territory now. They've, they've got that momentum. They've got that little bit of a bounce of a ball. All of a sudden, you're in an all-iron final. Counties will be stronger next year. And not, I'm not just talking about Dublin Kerry. I'm talking about the likes of Donegal, Galway, Monaghan, uh, counties like that, Armagh, for example, that this is such a big opportunity to win an all-iron final. And it's an obvious thing to say, but, you know, Tyrone could play better football next year and only get to an all-iron semi-final or might not even get out of Ulster and have to go through the back door, depending on what system comes through so this is such a big opportunity for both these counties as well and obviously Mayo doing the hard bit against Dublin and to be fair I'd agree with a lot of what people said like when you're celebrating a semi-final that much emotion it's so hard to get back and peak again for a final that this extra two-week break that they have over Tyrone kind of suits Mayo in, in terms of that four weeks will help then but at the same time and to contradict that slightly Tyrone's two-week break from beating Kerry there wasn't that much of an outpouring of emotion it was a great victory and they celebrated it but I don't know I felt a sense that they weren't quite done with that just yet so the two-week break really suits Tyrone but at the same time the four-week break suits Mayo so you're back to the start going right I'll cancel that out let's, let's see what else can change the game but there's so many big matchups here there's so many great players on show and like I don't think Tyrone have shown their hand properly in the sense that Cahill McShane only came on and that extra time that extra 20 minutes under his belt against a tired defense uh, I accept that but That'll get his confidence back, getting the goal and a couple of points from play. He's he realistically, I think they'll start him. Like, and I'm usually a big believer holding something back, but I think Colin McShane's too good a player that you suddenly have a, a talisman there. And it depends who they bring, put him up front with, like Darren McCurry or Matthew Matty Donnelly, whoever they do, that he's just such a focal point for Mayo to focus on. So the matchups will be very interesting if Pork or Hora does a job on Colin McShane. Who knows? But there's just so many like elements to this game, but kind of big thing to point out is it's such bonus territory not bonus territory is the wrong word but you might not get a better chance of winning all Ireland final for both these counties given that Dublin Kerry will definitely be stronger next year as well as maybe other counties in their provinces as well it's an interesting one yeah like I'd probably actually slightly disagree I think I think Mayo and Toronto are probably going to be there thereabouts I'd say maybe over the next couple of years mm -hmm. they might maybe you know whoever wins the all Ireland might not go on to win you know it might be it's not like they're going to dominate like a Dublin or anything like that but I would think with a good amount of you know young players coming through the the Mayo ranks at the moment, and even for Tyrone, like you think about it, you were saying there with Cahill McShane and and him coming back into the fold. Um, if he was to start next year as well, like and have a you know a proper club season maybe under under his belt going into the inter county season, I mean, Tyrone could be a big proposition. And if they win in All Ireland, I'd probably think that they could easily go on and win another because they're the type of county that could probably go and do so, like for Fergal Logan and Brian Dewher to come in, like even in their first year, they probably still haven't figured out their best team yet, their best players, the best system to play. And they haven't even played Dublin as well. So if they could go on and win in All-Ireland, I mean, that would be a huge step forward, I think, for, for Toronto. Yeah, no, I take your point. And to be honest with you, I kind of agree, like in the sense that I think 
aside, like to be fair, I think if Mayo win in All Ireland, I wouldn't be backing them to win the following years All Ireland. I, I actually agree with you there, but I think Tyrone could actually go on and win a couple more kind of thing. I think both these sides will get better. I don't think they're anywhere near uh, their full ceiling yet, and that just takes time over a couple of years. And I, but I would also say that like they're both pretty much a coin flip to win this All Ireland. They won't be a coin flip to win the next couple of All Irelands because Dublin will be coming back into some sort of, although I don't think Percy, they'll, they'll do it under Desi, and you've got Kerry licking their wounds, but you've also got the likes of Donegal and Galway, who have been, you know, not a million miles away from Mayo and Tyrone, who look at those counties and go, we've got a massive opportunity. So while I think Mayo and Tyrone, yes, I agree with you, will improve in terms of a better opportunity to get an All-Ireland under your belt, there's no guarantees, like, just because you get to the All-Ireland final, like, Tyrone could have the game of their likes and just, meet, you know, meet Kerry with a bounce of the ball next year or whatever, so... Yeah, I, I kind of take your point to a certain extent, but I would also say that do not throw this opportunity away to either of these counties because it's particularly, well, both counties really, there's no, just because you're getting better every year, like the All-Ireland format will be different next year. There won't be any more knockouts. It'll be a lot more counties involved. Like I've really big hopes for Armagh. They let me down every year. They should have They should have beaten Monaghan, but they didn't. <laughs> but they, they didn't. Uh, but like the likes of them, they, there's no reason they can't raise their game again. So and the fact that the two, and if you look at it from a bookmaker's point of view, the two main favourites, I think were like double figures, the rest of the counties outside Dublin Kerry before or even before the All-Ireland semi-final. So the fact that's happened, I can't see both that, those teams not being in the final next year, or one of those teams not being in the, in the final. So it's it's just a huge opportunity. And I don't think you can over-egg how big a game it is for both these counties because not just the novelty, not just because they're playing each other, but you know, in three or four years' time, one of these counties, I think, will look back at this opportunity going, that was the chance to win the All-Ireland where there it won't be, um, there will be a lot more counties involved over the next few years, if, if that makes sense. Mm, I think, yeah, I think it's a sliding doors moment in many ways. I think like definitely, yeah. I think a lot of these counties, you know, both, both these counties will look back because like what you said, if Mayo were to win the All-Ireland, I mean, you would have to imagine there'd be a huge hangover there and probably, you right know, so. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, and look, listen, they could easily go on and win it next year. I mean, you wouldn't rule it out, but, I just have a sneaky feeling that, you know, getting themselves up for it next year, if they were to win it this year, might be a challenge. But even at that, you could see them go on and win it in a couple of years further down the line. You could see them come back maybe a bit like what happened with Dublin in, in 2012. And they sort of ended a, a long drought. Well, 2011, they ended a long drought. And obviously a few years later, kind of went on to to dominate the scene from there. Focusing in on Mayo, first of all, though, like what we're saying, it's another final again, like, looking at the amount of finals they've been in over the past couple of years, like you're thinking 2013, they were in the final, 2016, they were in the final, 2014 as well, 2017, you know, 2020. I mean, like so many finals down the years. And you are wondering, is surely, surely maybe this is going to finally be the time that they, they go on and end this curse and end this uh, 70 year way. Yeah, like, like you said, so like 12 was the final, 13 final, then 14 was Limerick, wasn't it? The All-Iron semi-final replay. 15, they lost the semi-final. It was just on, on a separate point. It's interesting, Paul Flynn said that Dublin learned so much from that Mayo comeback in 2015. And he in this in this first semi-final, he was saying that if that game went to extra time, he thinks Mayo would have won it. And you look at Kerry Tyrone, if they went to a replay, you know, just given the circumstances and stuff like that. But then at 16, 17, they, they've been there every step of the way in terms of being the closest to Dublin. And it's fitting that yet yeah, that they aren't in the All-Iron final, starting as ever so slight favourites. like And they have players with All-Iron experience, but at the same time, they have a lot of players that have just been blended in over the last couple of years. And that's what James Horan's been building on. 
you know, this second year. And I think they'll even get better, as I said, in the third year. But obviously the Aiden O'Shea factor, like the fact, um, and he gets a hard time for not scoring in our final, as far as I know. But I, I do think he's played well in certain patches of the games. Like I, I do remember him setting up Lee Keegan's skull into the Davin end in one of the All-Iron finals. And, you know, that, that won't get mentioned, obviously, given the Aiden O'Shea narrative around the place. But there's no getting away from the fact that he just had, he just had a game where, and I don't think he was, he had a terrible, terrible game uh, in, the, in the semi-final. It just, everything went wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like a pass would go astray. He missed that mark, which was inexplicable, to be honest with you. There were just so many things, not basic stuff, but stuff that on another day, I think Aiden, Aiden would pull off. So I don't think Mayo should have any issue about starting him again. It's, it's a question now, will they put him in full forward like they did against Dublin? And while I would have been an advocate of that before the game, it just doesn't didn't seem to work. Do they try that out against Tyrone? Do they have him at 11 a little bit more? It, it's it's a tough one. Like it's it's a real kind of like you start your you start your game here for Mayo. Where are we going to put Aiden O'Shea? And and from there you kind of build the rest of the team. So if you start him in the full forward line, you'll have Tommy Conroy, Ryan O'Donoghue um, joining him in the full forward line. Then if you bring him out to 11, do you stick another full forward in there? Do you have kind of where do you have like Saran, O'Connor, um, Loftus, are they around the middle? There's there's a lot of like, while Mayo have their starting team, it's just Aiden O'Shea moving, depending if he goes 14, 11, or to lesser extent, eight or nine, that that will kind of d- dictate where a lot of these Mayo lads will play. But I don't know, like in terms of the back line, like they seem to be a bit more settled in the sense that you've got a horror there. You've got Lee Keegan, who was kind of playing in the full back line for a bit, and then he kind of, they almost like released the shackles on him to, towards the end of the game and you saw the damage he can do. And that's probably not the worst tactic in the world where if you kind of conserve Lee Keegan's energy and then give him that last 20 minutes outburst where he can really trouble Tyrone. Uh, and then that half back line, you've got the likes of Durkin and Owen McLaughlin. And I thought Emma Hessian played quite well when he came on too. So they've, they've got a lot of options. They've got a lot of young players. And yeah, the, the, like obviously the likes of Keegan and Dermot O'Connor and Matty Uran have been in all our finals, um, not, notwithstanding the 2021, but... It's a massive opportunity for a lot of these younger players to to really kind of, as favourites in front of, like the 2020 Iron Final almost doesn't count as a final experience in the sense that it's behind closed doors and you can't underestimate the power of the crowd and 40,000, 41,000 now, isn't it? Um, and all Iron Final will have. So there's just, there's not like there's question marks over where lads will play with Mayo. I just do think the Aiden O'Shea thing will maybe dictate where a few of the fours will play. But I think in terms of that defence, it's pretty settled. And, um, and obviously Rob Henley had a massive game against Dublin, which he badly needed. Not that he hasn't been playing well recently, but he needed a big, big moment in a game as big as that. And realistically, the only way he's going to do that is scoring the free, the equalising free like he did. And, and just a word on that free, like Stephen Cluxon scored uh, the winning point in the All-Iron final. And either he was quoted or someone very close to him saying that it's very, it, he, there was no pressure on that kick because they had extra or had a replay in the bag anyway. Not that there was no pressure, do you know what I mean? But the enormity of the pressure on Rob Henley, essentially the last kick of the game, not to score on his bad side, that 45 was absolutely sensational. It's probably one of the best points kicked to level a game in Crow Park ever. So he'll go in with a lot more confidence and um, it'll be a really good battle. But yeah, it, it kind of all comes from Aiden O'Shea and where if they if they do start him, which I'm pretty sure they will. And they do have options off the bench now where before they didn't, they might not have had the strength and depth. I do think there's James Horan slowly building a bit of a squad here. Mm, yeah, there's a lot of permutations, all right. Like, and like we said with Aiden O'Shea, like I think it's it's going to be an interesting one for James Horan. I'd agree with you as well. I think they they should start him because when you look at Tyrone, they are a very physical team. They're a very strong team. They've got big lads in that team, and for Aiden O'Shea, like he is one of those Mayo players that can give Mayo exactly that. So. 
the question would be where do you start him? Because if you put him in the half forward line, then maybe you're taking away the the running game from Ryan O'Donoghue and, and Tommy Conroy. And then if you put him in midfield, then you know you've got Maddie Rowan and Connor Loftus who've built up a brilliant partnership in that midfield. And maybe you do just stick him in at the full forward line and hope he does something around there or give him a bit of a free roll. Like it's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of permutations with Wade Noche. Yeah, I, I do think he can still do a job at 14. And, and like, I don't want to reiterate point too much, but I don't think the Dublin performance was as bad as everyone says it was. Like he, once he missed the mark, that was like, because I was right the hill. And I, I, when he missed that, I couldn't believe, couldn't believe he missed it. Like I've been there 13 meter freeze, don't worry, or 13 meter marks, but it just wasn't, it, was, it wasn't happening. But I, I still think he won a couple of high balls. Like there was one where early on in the game, he caught the ball. Uh, did he do it? Or there's a slip from the Dublin defender. So he had a simple shot. Now that goes over. I think the momentum building, okay, we've gotten one ball into Aiden O'Shea, gotten a point, and it, it's a small margin. It went wide by that much. I think if he gets a ball like that early on against Toronto and scores it, I think everyone switches on going. And I think it's a different narrative. Like, I was I was shocked he was taken off. I don't know about anyone else. I don't know how you viewed it, but when he was taken off against Dublin, I, I thought it was a wave in the white flag moment or we're just going to try something here. I, yeah, I was genuinely shocked and fair play to James Horn that it, it ultimately paid off as a massive decision. And I think it kind of... For the whole squad, it kind of shows like there's no name bigger than the team here. And while before the game, I would have said Aiden O'Shea has to play 70 minutes. The fact that they managed to do it all with Aiden O'Shea kind of shows you that the the strength and depth and the different style of play. And maybe his best years are definitely behind him, but I do think there's still a role for him at 14. And if they can get a bit, bit of ball into him, it might it might sort of work. I, I don't think they've anything to lose by starting him because you can take him off. But I think him coming on as an impact sub. Not that it distracts, but I, I think he's probably better to give him a go from the start and see who he gets on, considering his big game experience and not to mention the physicality that you said. And I think that's a really good point because I think Tyrone, like their turnovers, I think they scored 2-9 from turnovers against Kerry, which surely is unheard of in, a, in an all-around semi-final. And I, I don't think they'll get those turnovers against Mayo because I just think Mayo have the physicality. Like you look at those Kerry forwards who are superb, obviously, but in a one-on-one battle with a Toronto defender, they, they kind of lost out a lot of the one-on-ones in terms of getting dispossessed and stuff where Aiden O'Shea has the ball, you're not getting it off Aiden O'Shea. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's important that they have, the while Mayo will be more physical than Kerry, are they as physical as Tyrone? It's probably pretty even enough, but I think having Aiden O'Shea starting is a massive kind of statement that we're ready for this physical battle and we're not going to get you know dispossessed on the ball. And while Tyrone looking at their team there, they have a lot of like, or sorry, Mayo, they have a lot of like, silky forwards they they still have that stature all of them that they they're well able to look after themselves and it's a running team they were always the team that were able to match Dublin physically and I think now that Tyrone are the, the physical team for want of a better description that Mayo they can stick with Tyrone and that will really be the makings of the game who can get the more turnovers in those like corner areas of the forward line suppose for Mayo, yeah, it was an interesting decision, all right, when they definitely took off Aiden O'Shea. Like, I thought at the time it was very brave. I think in many, in some ways it made some sort of an impact, like James Carr came on. He didn't score, but he was causing a couple of problems. He was getting into good positions. He was, you know, creating more space for the likes of Ryan O'Donoghue, Tommy Conroy and whatnot. And obviously, you know, a few of the other Mayo lads, Jordan Flynn, for example, who, who came on as well. So, like, it was a brave call by James Horn, and I suppose that's probably been something that, like James Horn's actually been criticised with from Mayo fans in the past. I was speaking with passionate Mayo fan, the RF podcast there earlier in the year, we were doing a preview for the Mayo footballers and he was saying Mayo's biggest problem and James Horn's biggest problem has been in-game decisions. For example, in the 2020 final, when Dublin were down to 14 men, 
for a brief I think Robbie McDade was black hearted like Mayo didn't push on like they didn't like Michael they used Michael Plunkett as, an, as the extra man they didn't really push on in that game and really try to go at Dublin um, whereas in this game they did you know they, they made that change from Aidan O'Shea and one way or another it did work for, for Mayo because definitely their bench had a huge impact in the game and a huge impact in turning the game especially in extra time yeah, and I was looking at that before I came on here. I think they used 23 players against Dublin, which is amazing. And obviously, given you can start a new team, you can there's a lot of different permutations, the extra few subs and extra time. But so you, they use like 22, 23 players. That's just a serious squad. Like out of the 26, mm. you take the sub goalkeeper side. There's only like two or three players that didn't get a feature against Dublin. So suddenly you've got the likes. And like you mentioned, the, I think you, you say Jordan Flynn there, like, and you know, there's such physicality. There's so many good subs that they and options they have now that they can um, kind of really not interchange the team, but like they can start, they can make a couple of late changes against their own, which something I don't want to dwell on too much, but I think there'll be a lot of messing going on there with the teams, given that this, the first, you know, there'll just be a bit of messing with the name of the teams and there'll be a couple of high numbers starting the, the all Ireland final, but they, they have so many more options now. And you've got to give credit to James Horn that he's used the national league campaigns over the last couple of years. And in many ways they've been, you know, handicapped in the sense that, they haven't had the Super 8 games. And I think if they had the Super 8 games, the likes of Mayo and Galway would be able to develop a lot more quicker. And the fact they haven't is, I know the knockout, they've got to two All-Iron Finals, Mayo now, the knockout format. But in some ways, the fact they haven't had those big, big games or you know four or five games before you get to that stage has not let the team develop as quickly as James Horne would have liked. So the National League has become so important that he's managed to use so many, so many players that they now have literally 22, 23 players that they can call upon in, in an All-Iron final. They've no problem taking off Aidan O'Shea, who's the Mayo captain, obviously, in, in, Dear, in Keelan O'Connor's absence. But they've so many options and it, it's just so, you can't, like, and I think Tyrone, to a lesser extent, have a, a bit of, few options as well, like giving Colin McShane's only back and you've got Canavan coming off the bench as well. But I do think this Mayo team, if they, no matter if, if it's going terribly, they've obviously had the, they're obviously down a half time against the Galway. They're obviously getting beaten well out the gate against Dublin with you know ten minutes to go. So they, no matter how the game's going, they not only know that they can dig it out, but they also know they have serious options on the bench that are coming in that they can, like really make an impact on this team. And you, you've just got to give full credit to James Horn that he's gone and used that squad and the fact they've got to, he's got to, since his return two All Ireland finals. It's absolutely incredible. And while they weren't quite there last year and behind closed doors, as I said, the All Ireland final, it's. Not that I'm going to write off 2020, but it's tough to kind of gauge. Like, like that comeback doesn't happen without fans in the stadium. The the male fans, it's hard to describe for anyone out there. They were just incredible. The, the buzz, the buzz they bring to Crow Park, and it'll be the same again. That night. if they could be ten points down against Toronto with ten minutes to go, and you'd, you'd you'd have your eyes glued to it. So the squad is going to be so important. But it's all credit to James Horan and the way he said we're building a proper squad here because what's let down Mayo in big games against Dublin has probably been just that lack of one or two players that they probably should have maybe blended into the National League a little bit more. Yeah, like for James Horan in particular, he probably doesn't get the credit he deserves. Like looking at his two spells, you know, two All-Ireland finals in his first spell, took over a very young team back in 2011, like brought a lot of young players through that team, like Aidan O'Shea, for example, and Killian O'Connor were two very young players back then. They beat Cork uh, that year in particular, who were the All-Ireland champions. 2012, they beat Dublin. 2013, they got beat in the final, but they'd actually beaten Donegal, who were the 2012 All-Ireland champions. So, And then this spell, like winning the National League, you know, two conic titles, which people forget, like Stephen Rochford, for as good as a manager he was and for how close as a manager 
um, for Mayo that he was. He never won a Connacht title, never won a league, didn't win anything with Mayo. And mm-hmm. in comes James Horan and two All Ireland finals as well. Like, does he get the credit he deserves? In, in your opinion, if anything, he doesn't. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Like, I think if you ask, it's, it's the old underrated debate where everyone probably secretly rates him. But you know, yeah, I, I probably haven't seen enough praise for James Horan. So I think, yeah, I think on balance, you're probably correct. Like just as you're going through the figures there, so in, in my head, then he's been to it's six years in charge. There might be another year I'm missing, but it's like four All Ireland finals, two All Ireland semi finals, and Jesus, I was down in Limerick the day they lost to Kerry. Like I know they carry one by three in the end. I think after extra time, but Mayo, Mayo should have won. That. Like every Mayo game, Mayo yeah. should have won it. But yeah, like this spell has been phenomenal, and I guess maybe the lockdown and look, I don't think that Mayo team was ready for an All Ireland final last year. The fact they got, they did get like. I always say Dublin got a small bit of a soft, the only soft Ireland I think Dublin have won in this spell is last year. But that's no, you know, James Horn still managed to get to an Ireland final. Do you know what I mean? They still won the provincial when they had to knock out football. And maybe knock out football suits this male team a small bit that they can really just write every game is this is it. There's no qualifiers. Stephen Rochford obviously had a great record in getting male to all Ireland finals off the back of qualifiers. And it's a mad side, like you said, that he hasn't won the provincial. So yeah, James Horn should get massive credit. And I always was impressed with him. That on Sky Sports in between his two spells and always wondering I never just I presumed he never go back to the male job so I was like will he ever take another job because there's definitely a, a serious manager in here and there's a lot of lads in GA world that are well able to talk the talk on the telly and not back it up with like James Horn in it I think it'll be a culmination in years probably 10 years of hard work in male football and he's given maybe six out of those he's managed for six of them it'd be so fitting for him to lead Mayo to this All-Iron final wouldn't it and the fact it even would be more, uh, and they beat Dublin, so that's great. They have that off their back, but to go in as an Ireland final, a slight favourite, and then get the job done, job done would almost be like a wow moment. I think even more wow than maybe beating Dublin in an Ireland final. I don't know. I just think that's beating Dublin alone is such a good story that that's fine in the semi final, but to go out and beat Tyrone now in an Ireland final would just be incredible. But yeah, I. I it, I'll try and maybe drive the James Horn uh, trumpet over the next or blow the trumpet over the next week or so, trying to give him a credit for uh, Yeah, I probably would agree. He's probably ever so slightly underrated, maybe outside of Mayo, because I think all Mayo fans know what an incredible manager he, he, he is and the job he's done with Mayo. Yeah, it's probably one of them things because he hasn't won that All-Ireland that maybe a lot of people, that's probably why people overlook him because, you know, when they get beaten All-Ireland finals then it's, you know, Joe Brawley coming out with his annual article about Mayo doing this and that and everyone's kind of jumping on Mayo's back and James Hoare and this and it kind of becomes a bit of a, a hay train in many ways, yeah. whereas people aren't really looking at the big picture and what he's actually done. Like 2014, like you said as well, I think he was in charge that year as well. So I think that makes seven years, I think in total that he was... He was in charge, but that was the game as well that I think broke the, you know, the straw on the camel's back in many ways. Like from speaking to Mayo fans and Mayo players that I've had on the podcast before, like that was the game. And that was the year really where they felt they they should have won the All-Ireland because Kerry, although they won the All-Ireland that year, they were a very aging side. And we've seen that, you know, 2015, 2016, a lot of those players retired. So like that was mm-hmm. the that was the game, you know, that replay in, in Limerick. Yeah, well, even us Stubbs, we're, you know, we we have massive regrets over not being Donegal and look on and envious Fitzmaurice got a soft all-Ireland against Donegal. But outside of Mayo, yeah, you probably don't think about it in, in that ways. It's, it's a couple of interesting points you make. The first one on not being, uh, you know, as in that stature because he hasn't won an all-Ireland, James Horn. 
And then you look at Jimmy Guinness because he has that all Ireland. Jimmy Guinness, I think, is here, and for some reason, James Horan is here. I don't know about you, just thinking. Yeah, it's a good point, actually. Have, yeah, I I'd have James Horan over at Jimmy Guinness every day of the week tomorrow morning if I wanted to. If I was starting a fresh with an intercounty team in the mid ranks, I just think he bring he has that bit of everything about him where. Jimmy Guinness caught a lot of counties on the hop and fair play to him. He came up with this defensive system and everyone tried to copy real badly for years, led to shocking Gaelic football. And if it wasn't for the dubs, we'd be in massive trouble, I'd say still. But um, I think that's a very interesting point there. Yeah, that I think I do think James Horne, in my opinion, he well, obviously you have to you're a judge on all Ireland's, but Jesus, like, come on, he, he's he's get, gotten this Mayo team so close and he's been a big part in the he kind of let he's kind of set the foundations for the 15, 16, 17 performances, obviously when he wasn't in charge. Uh, and I genuinely believe that. And then on the other side, you mentioned Joe Brawley, like Jesus, he's writing it. Like he wrote a lovely article there. There was a lot of good stories and stuff like that there this weekend, but he, some, he started talking about Aiden O'Shea and I don't know, some promo or something. And that's the reason that Mayo have won on Ireland. It's just absolute bollocks that he can go on uh, and in on his column and say that it really is. I just can't get my head around that at all. Like, Jesus, like like the Dubs post on social media as well, and they won five in a row. Do you know what I mean? Like they all post on social media just because this Tyrone team might not or this craft them. I, I I don't know. I I I don't know what you thought of that yourself. But he literally mentions Aiden O'Shea at the start, and then bring, forgets about it, brings it back, and then tells a few stories. And I know he's a great writer, but I just think that's that stuff is just cheap shots and clickbaity kind of stuff. Yeah, I think you said it there. It's clickbait in, in many ways. Like I was speaking to, to Alan Dillon not too long ago and I was asking him about it and he was saying, yeah, it's it's clickbait. Like he knows exactly what he's doing. He's he's probably very clever and very good at it Um, in many ways. Like I just kind of selling people down this river. Like, and I think what you said with the social media thing, I've I seen something you were saying about the reason why Dublin lost and I think he might have said social. I didn't even click into the article to be perfectly honest. I just seen his his tweet and it was something got to do with social media as well so i don't know like i, I just don't get this whole social media thing like I, I like i just feel like for i don't know i feel like that's a clash between older generation of players and, yeah. and the younger generation I, I don't really think social media i know we're going a bit off topic here but i don't think that really has much of a like a, an impact at all really like yeah no i'm happy to go off topic. <laughs> your bugger you just rang me in but yeah, the Joe, like, I, I, the worst thing is, and I, I agree to a certain extent to the gap in generations, but I think Joe knows exactly, he's on social media himself, he knows exactly uh, the game, and I don't know, I just think he's he's purposely missing the point to wind up a few Mayo head. But it's not just Joe, like, a lot of people have said it, oh, the Mayo need to get rid of the celebrity culture. I never thought yeah. that for a second with this Mayo team, and I stand by it, like, and, but you'll get dubs, I'll chat to them in a pub, and I'll, I'll they'll be... R- Reinstating Aiden O'Shea for not scoring an All Ireland final—that's all down to social media, and not for me because I've seen him play really well in big games against Dublin in All Ireland finals. And I just think because he hasn't scored a point a lot of the times, he's just around the middle. But that's beside the point. What I'm trying to say is like, not for a second has a celebrity culture. And Joe saying, "Oh, Kitty O'Connor's gone," um, that's that's the reason they Joe like that's the reason they won it. And I might have tweeted something like that just to wind a few Mayo fans up. But in all seriousness, like if Mayo had Kitty O'Connor. On, on the all final I think they'd start like one to two one to three favourites against Tyrone like honestly he's, he's that good a player and it's it's probably inspired the team in some ways that he's been missing but like him and Aiden O'Shea and Lee Keegan like the Lee Keegan never gets that brush for some reason this always seems to be Aiden O'Shea and Kenny O'Connor but like mm. I saw Shami O'Shea he was interviewed uh, and he was giving out about the coverage his brother gets and I could see what he was trying to do like stick up for his brother but all that ended up doing was everyone because the GA has this thing where like, it's like group interviews because of sponsorship. So there's like five or six people interviewing them. So everyone just had the same quotes the next day and probably drag more 
more attention to it but I know what he was trying to do and I read the quotes and I agree with him to, to mostly on it but uh no I, I've no issue with enough shape hosting I don't think if he puts an Instagram up in the morning I don't think that has any impact whatsoever if Mayo uh, go and do it on Saturday or not so yeah no like and, and all the the big players the big hurlers do it like I don't I don't see why it's yeah. a it's a big issue like and like what you said there like with the the Mayo issues like of there was probably a time maybe where I did think maybe there was something going on behind the scenes with Mayo, like especially when you had the whole Pat Holmes and I think it was a Noel Kennelly, I think was his name. I think that whole kind of situation going on behind the scenes. And then there was Kevin McStay, who was meant to be coming in as the manager. And then all of a sudden it was Stephen Rochford. And I, I don't know, like the fact that we're getting beat so early in Connacht Championships, I felt like maybe there was just a, a lack of preparation or, or, or something. There was something kind of going on there somewhere, but definitely under James Horan anyways, like you'd have to say that, this Mayo side are a different team in many ways to like fair enough Stephen Rochford probably came closer to winning all Ireland with Mayo but I feel like with James Horn in particular and this Mayo side and these young players that have come through as well like Ryan O'Donoghue and Padraig O'Hara who to be fair isn't even that young but he's only come into the side in the past couple of years like Tommy Conroy as well Jordan Flynn like these lads seem to play with no fear even James Carr as well to a certain extent they don't seem to maybe have that you know, not to say that the Mayo players had fear against Dublin in previous All Ireland finals, but these players definitely don't, anyways. Yeah, and it, it's funny you say, and I like to a certain extent at times I'd be like, "Geez, how have Mayo not got over the line?" And the, the inevitable question when you're done with all the football tactics is, "Is this group of players?" But you got to remember, like aside from the New Bridge or Nowhere in 2018, and correct me if I'm wrong here, they've got to an All Ireland semi final every year since 2011, like since James Warren got in. Yeah, so that's, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, so that's that's true. So like like a handful of other counties have done that this this has been the same group of players or the same players that criticized Aiden O'Shea was involved in every single one of those years Keenan O'Connor as far as I know was involved every single one of those years and I don't know it, it's to me and Lee Keegan too it's just like and, and people sometimes like like not not saying Mayo were like Mayo were unlucky in a lot of those finals against Dublin it just shows the one percent that Jim Gavin managed to drive into those Dublin players that it's not like Limerick's dominance and hurling like Dublin aside from the Tyrone final which they were 5-1 down incidentally before half time or before before they scored a couple of goals before half time that every other all Ireland fans been that close and I think we'll look back on Jim Gavin's era going what a phenomenal manager he was that he managed to somehow win that five in a row and uh, maybe I ho- I'm hoping that's the case because it means it's more competitive but Jesus Mayo like they should have beaten Dublin the 16 final to a certain extent should have won the 17 and I understand teams not getting over the line. You can point at different things, but I think a lot of it's down to a small bit of luck or a small bounce of a ball here. Dublin with that bit more all irons behind them just meant they could get over the line a bit. So, yeah, I think we'll remember that. We'll remember this Mayo team as a team that really, like without that Mayo team for a couple of years, Dublin would have walked a couple of all irons. So full credit to them for sticking at it. But, and the, the last point you made, just on the couple of young lads coming in, I just think they've so the future's so bright and the lads they've brought in, like Ryan O'Donoghue, Tommy Conroy, you know, Connor Loftus is in there now and Patrick Hoare is 27, but like, Jesus, what a what a cornerback and fair play to, to Mayo for finding him. And I know people were criticising that he wasn't brought in before, but look, he's there now. He's unbelievable. He'll probably pick up Colin McShane, I'm guessing, if he starts, which if that's the case, that's that's the battle. If I was at the game, I'd just be watching that for the first half anyway, seeing how that went. But uh, yeah, the future's still bright for Mayo. And if, even if they don't get over the line this year, I, I, what I, it is a sliding doors moment to a large extent that, They'll definitely be competing next year and every other year until until they win that All Ireland. 
Yeah, look, and I suppose for any Throne fans watching, we will uh, we will discuss them in a brief yeah. moment. We're not just completely uh, dismissing Tyrone. But if Mayo do go win, uh, do go and win the All Ireland, like we were kind of talking about it off camera there. Like as Dublin fans, I feel like maybe the world might explode or, or something, or maybe like Twitter might be broken or Instagram might fail or something, or something's going to happen. I don't know. Like I feel like it's just, it's something that we're like, we're so used to seeing Mayo not winning in All Ireland. And although, like personally, I would love to see them go and do it, but at the same time, it would just be strange. You know, it'd be like seeing the sky turn green or something like that. It's just, it's something you're just not used to. Yeah, it, it, like you mentioned again off air, you said like it's the Liverpool 30 years away and it's probably, you know, maybe three times that, not just in terms of the length, but how close. And I don't think I've had a good look at a few other sports, particularly on the American sports. I just don't have a situation that can rival how close Mayo have gotten ever since. Obviously, like the curse has gone back to the 50s, but since 96, the amount of all-around finals they've been in, that they've lost by the one score. And not just the finals, like we said, the semi-finals, the semi-final replays. It's just they've gotten so close so many times. And inevitably, it's Dublin that beat them. And the one year Dublin are bet by Donegal in 14, they lose to Kerry in a replay in Limerick, you know, after extra time. Uh, you couldn't write some of this stuff. And we thought this Mayo team was gone after that 19 semi-final performance, given that Newbridge and no- Nowhere had happened the year before. Yet they get to two All-Iron finals in a row. It's, it's absolutely incredible under a different format with James Horan back in charge. It's just... It's amazing. It's, uh, yeah, I, I can't even, I haven't really thought that far ahead. I did for a moment after they beat the dubs, but like a lot of dubs were like, our dig at, our dig at Mayo now is all, they have to go win the final now or that win will be not worth nothing. I think that win, regardless if they lose the all final or not, it'll always be remembered because they were the team that essentially beat the dubs, you know? And I think that moment alone deserves that celebrations that they did. And I think that's a bit harsh for, straws that a few Dublin fans clutch at oh you have to go and win it now really like ho- hoping that Toronto upset the, the odds but uh, yeah I, I ca- it'll, it'll be just such an amazing story that despite everything that's happened this year Mead winning the ladies Offaly winning the under 20s like Mayo winning the All-Ireland like that has to be the headline I'm sorry it has to be somehow it'll, it'll overshadow all that but it will and uh, it, in a, to a certain extent if they lose it as well it probably uh, <laughs> overshadows it as well but such a massive game for them but yeah, I'm hoping they do it, like to be fair, but as a dub, just purely because of the rivalry we've had with them over the years, that they deserve definitely deserve the one all iron this team. Yeah, it's the complete underdog story. Like it's the the underdog of all underdogs if they go and do it, you know, it's the it's the complete package. You would put the the cherry on the cake of, of 2021 and the, the year we've had in, in the GEA uh, and all honestly. Well, maybe you could look at the past 12 months in total with the the championship from last year with Cavan winning Ulster and, and Tipperary winning Munster. This would probably be the the final straw. I suppose we will touch on on Tyrone and, and discuss them. Like, I mean, them beating Kerry and that semi final. Like, I almost felt bad in many ways because you know when I had John McMahon of the of the J Mac podcast on the on the podcast after the Mayo and Dublin game, like it was the the whole Kerry Tyrone situation was still a bit unclear. We didn't know is the game going to go ahead? Is it not going to go ahead? And it almost felt like we were discussing Kerry against Mayo, and it was Kerry who were going to go through. Uh, sure, surely Kerry will go and beat this Tyrone team, anyways. But then. Tyrone with another shock and like I would arguably say their performance against Kerry was more impressive than Mayo against the Dubs as well like I mean it was a really really good performance from Tyrone to, to get over the line yeah Kerry were I think twice the price or Tyrone were twice the price to beat Kerry as Mayo were to beat Dublin so that gives you an idea how big a shock it was I, I gave them 
next to no chance. I, I gave them a chance of really starting well and being up in the, I was on some po- podcast and I said, the first water break, they'll be five, four up, which, which they actually were, which is an amazing prediction, 10 out of 10. But after that, I said, Kerry would ultimately win it by five or six. I just thought they would, the forwards would eventually click into gear, but Jesus watching the game early on. I was like, mm, I don't know about this. There just seemed to be something different. Like to lose pretty much every kickout, they lost most of their own kickouts. They lost all of Kerry's kickouts. It was almost like not a new way of playing, but it was like, we're going to just turn over the ball in these pockets of space. And it was so methodical in one sense that they would drive Kerry down to the sideline and the dubs would do this really well a lot. And suddenly you've got six or seven Tyrone lads around around two Kerry lads. And you're like, that that's not, that's it. And it just carries an experience, obviously doing that. But the, the wear it all. And it's like, this is going to work. This Kerry team's not ready. They're going to go down these blind alleys and we're going to be ready for them. Uh, full credit to, to Logan and Dewar like just an incredible game plan now obviously you do need that small bounce of a ball but at the right times Tyrone got the goals and they were ruthless went with it and even the first goal like it wasn't necessarily a goal chance on straight away if he popped it over the bar no one would have said a word at the end of the game but the fact is we're going to look for it like Conor McKenna hadn't touched the ball pretty much for 20 minutes gets the goal it's a huge moment in the game and then the same with the second goal like right place right time uh, caught, like Carl McShane gets the goal they just they were they the counter-attacking football worked but it's not like they set up with 15 men behind the ball like Tony Gall did they pushed Kerry packed the middle pushed him to the sideline and managed to dispossess it it was an incredible performance now they will have to tweak it slightly against this Mayo team I do think they'll put a small bit of pressure on the kickouts I think because I think Mayo will have a little bit more experience in terms of not getting caught down the blind alleys even if they didn't have that experience themselves just watching the semi-final you could see, right, even James Horan and Kieran McDonald were at the game. I'd say he was watching it going, right, that's you don't get caught in the corners against Tyrone because you can see the lift it gives the crowd. And like I said earlier, 2-9 from turnover. So it'll be fascinating. It'll be fascinating who goes on. Aiden O'Shea will be fascinating on the matchup side of things. Like, obviously, Conor Meyer did an f- unbelievable job on uh, Potty Clifford. Like, and before the game, it was all the talk was about Potty Clifford. And he kind of, he did a, a savage job on him. Like, would he go... Who would he pick up in, in Mayo? Like, if to, there's a number of like matchups. The matchups will be very interesting. But, and I think another thing for Tyrone, like, well, their full, full forward line necessary, you know, don't get as many scores as say a Kerry forward line do. They do get a lot of scores from defenders, like wingbacks coming up, cornerbacks coming up, and uh, a lot of Kerry lads weren't tracking the runners and stuff like that. It'd be fascinating to see can they get the same amount of return from uh, against Mayo. So th- there's just so many things. Yeah, it's it's going to be pretty exciting. The main thing, as we talked about earlier, Colin McShane, will he start? Won't he start? I don't know what you think, but I think in 80% he starts. Or Yeah, I I've, I, I, don't know, but I, personally I feel like he shouldn't start, which I, I don't know okay. what, what Tyrone fans agree, but I feel like he's just a, he's, a, he's just that trump card. He's that option that comes off the bench, that changes a game that, like, even though against Kerry, like, and you can see he's probably still doesn't quite have that match sharpness. Like he'll get the ball and maybe he might drop it or he doesn't quite have that turn of pace that he'd have, but he just has that intelligence as a footballer of his quality to be in the right position at the right time. Like he's seen that goal where obviously it was, uh, was a Derek Canavan who ran through forced to save a yeah. Shane Ryan bounced back out. And there was, um, you know, there, there he was to turn the ball on the back of the net. Like, and, yeah, I think for Colin McShane, like I just think he'd be a great option to to bring off the bench to to go and, and change the game and, and do something different. Like at, in the in the first half, for example, if they were to start him and then maybe it wasn't working. I suppose the great thing about Gaelic football is you can take a player off and bring him back on. So maybe they could do something Peter, like that. Peter Canavan. Yeah, yeah, maybe Peter Canavan all over again. But um, yeah, I mean it, it'll certainly be a 
an intriguing one and, and definitely be interesting to see what uh, what decision they make there. See, and I'd be a full believer in what you're saying there. You've got to keep an ace up your sleeve. And I remember before Cork and Limerick saying, you've got to keep Shane Kingston off the, off the bench or keep him on the bench, sorry. Then he starts and he scores the goal. I'm like, right, I got that wrong. And then they get hammered anyway. And so it actually wouldn't have mattered. But I stand by my belief that you should keep someone like Shane Kingston in reserve. But for some reason... So I'm always thinking, keep someone in reserve, even on my club team, and we need to keep one of the good lads. Oh, you know, I know you'd hate to be that guy, but you need to do that. For some reason, I, th- I think Colin McShane starting, I don't know, I, I think I can just see, I just think, and they can still have, they'll have one of their, lad, like, I don't know, will they see who will they drop for him? Like, will they drop Matty Dunley? They won't drop McCurry for him, so maybe Matty Dunley will come off. I, d- I don't know who they'll drop from. So that, that'll be a big factor as well. But I do think they have enough off the bench, like the likes of... Um, like you said, Derek Hamlin have been coming off the bench. That I know I can see them starting, but yeah, like you said, I, I wouldn't be completely against leaving leaving them on the bench. And in fairness, to you like like Mayo aren't going to blow you away, especially in that first half. Given their first half performances this year, that you can maybe you can maybe ride it out and have McCall McShane coming on. But like, how big a boost would it be to start there at Colin McShane and Mayo have that slow start like they've been having, and Colin McShane gets a, a couple of points or a goal. He's the tallies man. And they have kind of sort of missed a, not like a, they've missed a goal thread almost before the Kerry game and then they scored three goals and blow that stat away. But they've got, if you start Colin McShane, you've got a massive goal threat there now and you've got McCurry to hit the ball over the bar. You've actually got such a good team there. Such a good forward line all of a sudden, just with those two players, full forward line, that I think they will start him and I think they should start him. But if they, yeah, I agree with you. Like if he's on the bench, it's almost more interesting when would they bring him on sort of thing. But yeah, if I was managing the team, I would, I'd just go call McShane but I can see where you're coming from and it's something I'm a big believer in keeping something up your sleeve but I think they'll start him yeah like with, with Tyrone they do have a lot of options though as well like you have Darren yeah. Canavan as well and then you've obviously got Tuna McCann who's another good uh, like option to come off the bench and in terms of who they drop it is an interesting one like I think Matty Donnelly I think it'd be crazy if they dropped him because I think he's been like the amount of like ground he covers all across the pitch like he's almost that Michael Murphy role and in many ways of Thrown. maybe not so in terms of scoring but in terms of the defensive output and, and tracking back like it'd be be mad like and I suppose like we've seen in that game against Kerry like all the chat online after the Pat Spillane comments and everything else I mean like he was uh, I, I just don't know what he was on to be honest with you he was just quite crazy like coming out with mad comments about the you know maybe Tyrone benefit from COVID maybe it actually helps them and he was talking about the vaccines and you know, even after the game as well, he was saying, you know, oh, this isn't a shock. This isn't a surprise. Tyrone, we're supposed to win this game. It was like, like he was so bitter. Like, and I, I don't know, like even against Dublin in the past when Dublin have beaten Kerry, I've never seen Pat Spillane that bitter before. And he always seems to, like, there's just something with Tyrone. I don't know what it is. Maybe, I don't know, maybe something happened to him there before. I don't know. <laughs> well, look, like I, Kerry fans hate it, but Tyrone were the team of the decade because in the three games that mattered all decade in the in the in the noughties, 2003, 2005, 2008, they were beaten by Tyrone. Uh, and it's an anomaly in the sense that Kerry won all the what I quote unquote soft all Irons. And I'd stand by a lot of that because they didn't have to beat Tyrone. And when they did eventually beat Tyrone, or when it might have been 10, 11, or 12, whatever year it was in Tralee or Clarney, they they celebrated like an all Ireland. It was just a monkey off their back. And they obviously beat them in 19 semi-final, but uh, yeah, it, it was just it was amazing that it was Kerry Tyrone that that had to happen, uh, and on on the RT coverage, like while I completely yeah I completely agree with you, I thought Pat Spillane was completely out of line. 
like Sean Kavanagh was a bit like it was just a bit it was tough to watch and everyone was kind of interrupting each other and Kieran Whedon was enjoying it like it was good content yeah. but there was a lot of like and I, I don't necessarily disagree that you should have you shouldn't have counties uh, represented or the counties playing represented by the pundits but I think you got to control it a small bit better and Passable on. I don't know the way he's kind of sharing Kerry all the Kerry lads are vaccinated and he definitely knows that because given his relations on the team but I don't know if you should really be sharing that I don't think that's a thing to be saying to win an argument on, on Twitter or whatever uh, yeah it was a, and then kind of accusing oh, you, this Tyrone team you know they all got together on this big shindig and Ulster finals after the Ulster finals started high-fiving each other on the night out and all of a sudden that's where they all got COVID and nothing to do with the fact they were all sitting in dressing rooms and like I, 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 yeah, I, I, I'm completely disagreeing with what he's saying. I'm completely disagreeing that he can just turn around and just say these kind of things and not get challenged on it. And obviously, Sean Kavanagh was there, but I don't know. It's just nonsense. I, like, start of the year, they turn weren't thinking, right, we're going to just about get over the line in all our games. We're going to just about beat Donegal, just about beat Monaghan, and then we're going to come up with these COVID cases that's been going on throughout the year just to make it look not look obvious. And then we'll go ahead and we'll, uh, we'll delay the carry match by two weeks. But they're fully entitled to ask for the extra week. The GA were entitled in some ways to ask questions. And if they wanted to refuse it, I don't think there would have been, there would have been issues, but I don't think it would have been a huge uh, shock or anything like that. But the GA decided that they would get the extra week. And let's be honest, Kerry were good enough on the day to beat them. They just weren't, they just weren't able to get over the line. So I have no sympathy for them whatsoever. No sympathy for Pat Spillane, no sympathy for Kerry. And uh, I thought Tyrone, fair play to them. They got the win and they could have an all iron off the back of it. But, to reference COVID cases before, during, or after the game, it's just, it's just nonsense, really. To be fair, and like I was actually when I was on the, uh, was on Ireland AM there that, that Monday, and Tommy Bow was making the point that the Lions, uh, South Africa had twenty five COVID cases, and then they still went out and beat the Lions. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like it's a, it's a complete shock. Like Jesus, like and I know there was a bit of crack about the co- co- recovering from COVID, but the vast majority of those players obviously had to self isolate it, and they're fully entitled to that extra week's training, but doesn't mean that they're any less fit than they were before COVID. So. Yeah, like I just don't think you can use it as a valid excuse, in my opinion. And I think it it definitely reminded me of, you know, when you're in a pub somewhere and you've got someone who's probably had one too many points and, you know, he's trying to discredit the other team's victory. And he's like, well, you did this, but you also did this and then, and then this. And, you know, you're, you're, you start creating facts and figures all in your head. And all of a sudden you've got one big narrative and one big story. Like, um, yeah, and like for Toronto fans, you can understand really their kind of disappointment or frustration I suppose with the the coverage of the game the fact that you know they didn't really talk about after the game what Tyrone did right they didn't really say oh this is why Tyrone won and I suppose they definitely like I can even see from some YouTube comments and some of my own videos as well like a lot of very frustrated Tyrone fans given the the coverage like do you think they've been disrespected and in many ways not just in but with the whole COVID situation as well in terms of just yeah the last thing on the COVID thing like the like we're asking it's fair enough like logan said that the some of the lads weren't vaccinated and they didn't exactly push the vaccine but jesus christ there's Premier League teams with players not vaccinated and funny enough now that the covid passports are coming in at the end of october i think in the premier league the premier league are trying to encourage clubs to get the players vaccinated so but these are professional teams we're talking about here we're talking about amateur players uh, amateur people who are fully entitled to choose whether to take the vaccine or not and like the COVID, COVID rate in Northern Ireland, it's, it's the worst affected uh, region in the UK. So like someone's going to get it there. And if you're not, if you're not fully vaccinated, a lot of the players might've had one dose or two doses. You just don't know. It's just, it's a nonsense. And it was passable land, like you said, in, in a pub sort of thing. But in terms of disrespected, like, I don't know, like when Kerry go in as one to five, or when Tyrone go in as five or six to one underdogs, of course you should be talking about 
how they won it, won the game. But like, if Tyrone were one to five, or sorry, if Derry were one to sorry, Derry were five to one to beat Tyrone, and Tyrone lost the game, you'd be talking about how Tyrone lost the game. It's just the way it is, and I understand the frustration that your team's not being talked about. But the storyline from that game, to a large extent, was Kerry uh, and how they lost the game, and you have to accept that. But at the same time, I think you can't just talk about that 100% of the time. You have to give Tyrone credit. Uh, and I think the Sunday game probably lacked that, particularly on, on the um, the highlight show. I thought they lacked that, to be fair. Um, yeah, it, it's a tough one because what, what are you like? What is the talking point from Kerry Tyrone? I don't know what you think, but like, as soon as I was over, so how did Kerry lose that game? Like, they were Kerry odds on to win the All Ireland before the Tyrone game. And that's before they mm. had to win two games to do that. And I think they were four to six to win the All Ireland. So that's the story. Like, and then you talk about the Tyrone shock win. So I agree with them that. It shouldn't have been 100% about how Kerry lost the game, which in fairness to Toronto fans, it literally was in the Sunday game. But I, I can see it from Ortiz's point of view that for a lot of the time, you will talk about how Kerry lost the game. But yeah, there probably wasn't enough done on um, on Toronto, to be fair. And like you could spend like 10 minutes analysing all the defensive stuff they did. But they, they were probably, Tom, Tomas O'Shea did a great piece on that, but he was probably saying too much Kerry's fault as opposed to giving full credit to Toronto. But I can see both sides of that, although I probably would lean to Toronto fans. They have somewhat of a point. Yeah, like um, I suppose like when it is like a massive favor, like we've seen, even when Dublin lost to be to a certain extent, a lot of people were talking about Dublin losing to, to Mayo and Dublin this and and all the rest. Like and yeah, like I suppose an analogy I kind of used after the game when I was speaking about it and whatnot and match reactions and, and different videos and whatnot was that Tyrone sort of dragged Kerry down to their own level, and I know that kind of definitely kind of upset a lot of uh, Tyrone fans who were watching. And I suppose what I meant really was that I didn't like. Not to necessarily say that Kerry are way up here and this is their level on Toronto here, but more in terms of style. Like, if it was a straight shootout, and you'd probably agree, like, I think Kerry would win the game every time. Like, and Toronto obviously had to do something different. They had to change the way they played. They had to be more defensive. They had to try and rush, you know, Sean O'Shea or Stephen O'Brien down the sideline. They had to be more physical. They had to try something different because. You know, if you go toe to toe with that Kerry side, we've seen with Cork, like they will blitz you and they will roll you away. Like, and they had to, they had to try something different. And I think, like, in my opinion, I think it's a compliment because that's how all Ireland's are won. You know, it's not just, you know, you've seen with Donegal before, you don't just straight shoot out and try B teams. Like, it's all about tactics and you do have to try different things out to, you know, different styles make fights, as they say. Yeah, and I, I know the point you're making. Like, Tyrone played the game uh, on their terms. They dictated what how that game was going to be played. Like, to not win a kickout, they decided, not that they decided, not that they went in dressing and going, we're not going to win any carry kickout. They said, we don't mind losing the kickout, lads, but we're going to bring them down to this side of the pitch and we're going to start tackling them. And Sean Cavanagh's best line of the whole broadcast was, you know, God forbid someone would lay a hand on Kerry like Jesus. And it was just so true. It's like the the simplest way, but they dictated the terms of the game. I know the point you were trying to make, that they dictated the terms of the game, played on their terms. They also dictated the game, the terms of the game the minute they put Conor Myler on um, Paddy Clifford and said, you know, you're going to take him out of the game and if he gets the ball, he's under pressure. So it's not that Paddy Clifford didn't get the ball as well because he got it, especially a lot in the second half and it's, it was just so much pressure on him all the time. It, it was a great tactical masterclass but when you're up against a team that, like, the bookies aren't stupid. Like, Tyrone were 5-1 to one for a reason. They carry on paper, have a better team than Tyrone but Tyrone came up with a better uh, strategy during the game and Kerry just didn't know what to do and they didn't make changes quick enough. So, Full credit to Tyrone. They dictated the game on their terms, which is why I'm thinking fascinated by the tactical battle here on Saturday because what do you do? Do you try and do the same thing to Mayo or do you press them up a little bit higher on the pitch? Not that, in fairness, like Tyrone weren't like completely backing off, Kerry, but they're pressuring them to bring them down to the sideline. Are they going to do the same against Mayo? 
are they going to mix it up? There's a lot of tactics. And Tyrone have only had the two weeks. Mayo have had four, albeit two weeks probably preparing for Kerry, let's be honest. So, yeah, it's fascinating how this game will go. And I think, yeah, I think whoever wins this will have the, the right praise and all that. But I know Joe Brody actually said uh, it's, when, Doug, when Mayo beat Dublin, Mayo got a montage. But to be fair, like I was chatting to a lot of Mayo fans after the game, watching the Sunday game, if he remembers correctly, which he's obviously forgotten on purpose, that uh, Dublin's or the Sunday game spent a lot of time talking about Dublin's uh, five, five in a row and that the end of a great team. So when they should have been talking about Mayo. So it's just the way these storylines are written. And you can go a number of ways about it. And look, it's I, 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 being, being on podcasts and stuff, I am trying to understand that a little bit more. And it is, it is a valid point that if you're a Toronto fan tuning in and they're just talking about Kerry losing the game, of course, you're going to get frustrated. So I don't know. I think this, they did similar enough with Dublin, uh, talking about Dublin when Mayo won. But yeah, in terms of this game, though, the winner will definitely be remembered, let's be fair, given how close these teams are. And it, on another day, it could go a different way. So it'll all depend on the, the last couple of minutes and who's, who's got it in them to win the game. Yeah, whoever wins will definitely get their uh, their moment of joy anyway. There's no <laughs> yeah, doubt about exactly. that. Like, and looking at how the game might go, I mean, we were speaking off air a little bit. I was saying I feel like it might be low score. And I, I just have a feeling that with, with it being such a big occasion and with the fact that there's so much on the line here, you know, like, and the fact that they haven't played each other that much as well down the years, like there isn't really much of a Mayo-Throne rivalry. Like, I think they played each other in 2017. Was it 2017 or 2016? One of those... Yeah, that, one of them yeah, years anyway. 16, I think. 16. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know what you think, but I think it's going to be very fascinating and it's such a hard one to call. Mm. Yeah, and I remember that. I think it was 16. Whatever quarterfinal, like, Mayo were underdogs and they came up with it. And it was the, another time you went, okay, Mayo are a proper Crow Park team or the big big occasion sort of team. This game, I, like, I agree with you that it'll be tense. I agree with you that there'll be phases in the game where nothing happens. There'll be a lot of keep ball. But I don't know. I think these two defenses, in some sense, are gettable. That you know, an early goal for either side, and suddenly the game might open up in a weird way. Even though Toronto are not necessarily an open team, it just given that Mayo always kind of play those games, Toronto hit them on the counter attack. Yeah. So, well, I, I, I'm torn because I can see it being tense, but I can also see it not high scoring, but you know, good amount of scores. It's hard to know really. Obviously, like hit before a game starts, but I don't know. I could see this going multiple of ways. Like it's such a hard game to call. Because, like you said, it's not just that these teams are so well matched. There's very little form to go on in championship between these two counties that they both had a sensational extra time victory in different ways against the two favourites. So now they're like, not bonus territory, but they probably didn't think Tyrone weren't preparing for a Mayo All-Ireland final at the start of the year and Mayo weren't preparing for a Tyrone All-Ireland final at the start of the year. So the fact you've got these two teams, the matches will be so interesting. Like, I'm very unsure who's going to pick up who. I'm very unsure that you know, who's Conor Moyer going to pick up? Like, it's, you know, is he going to play the same kind of role? They might just mix it up completely. I don't know, does he pick someone up in midfield? Oh, there's so many, like, different avenues. Like, Mayo had a lot of really good performers at certain times against Dublin, but it's not like one player stood out for 70 minutes. O'Hara aside, maybe, uh, that league Egan aside, in the forwards, maybe, that would say, we have to pick this player up. There's no... There's no like Hammer the Hammer here or Potty Clifford or David Clifford or Sean O'Shea. There's different style of players. So you might have Conor Myler playing a different sort of role, even though he can do the man-marking job phenomenally. There's so many questions that after 10 minutes, you'd be like, right, here we go. But I can see it being close. I can see it being tense, but maybe a few more scores and you're thinking, or maybe just a goal each in a sort of 114 to 113 game, you know, nip, nip and tuck. But uh, it, no matter how bad a final it is, if this makes sense, I can just be in it so close that it'll end up going down as a as a good final because 
can have the classic you want, but I think everyone loves a close game. And I think 10 minutes ago, it's going to be so tight. And who, what team can win? It's, uh, I don't normally sit in the fence. I'm normally bullish, hence my Kerry, we're going to hammer to our own predictions, but I'm so torn on this game. Uh, like you ask me every day this week, I'll change. Like, I, I don't know, there's something about this is our own team where we're written them off all year, but they just seemed everything's gone right for them at the right times. They're peaking just now that they could cause a, a somewhat of an upset given that they're ever so slightly underdogs in this game. But uh, it's, it's just so many, like you said, matchups, who's going to pick up who, that it's it's so hard to call, really. Like. Yeah, like, and I suppose another interesting one is Padraig Hamsey as well, like who he picks up. I think he's been brilliant so far for, for Tyrone. Like, would he go on Ryan O'Donoghue or Tommy Conroy? I mean, it's, you know, he can play a two and he can play a four as well. So it's all really kind of up in the air. And Kieran McGeary, I think, has been unbelievable for on this year as well like probably the the favorite for football of the year right now anyways depending on obviously we'll see how the final goes so i mean for Tyrone in particular like they have that physicality all, all across the pitch and like what you were saying there like it, it is such a hard one to call but if you were to look at the form really of both sides in terms of how they've played like mayo in fairness really poor against galway in the first half struggled fair enough showed a lot of you know really done well to turn around but let's not forget galway I think they they scored one point i think in the in the second half or, or something like that one or two points dublin yeah. very similar as well and fair enough mayo were doing a lot right to to stop that like they were doing a phenomenal job defensively to stop both galway and, and dublin on that occasion but you would wonder like like what we were saying like mayo were quite poor actually against dublin really up until that german o'connor flick so if they were to be as poor as what they were in those games against Tyrone, like in fairness to Tyrone, they haven't, you know, they've been pretty consistent for the majority of the championship, really on it against Donegal, brilliant in stages against Monaghan, brilliant in stages against Kerry for pretty much the majority of the game, you'd have to say. So, I mean, like when you're looking at it that way, like probably Tyrone may be just slight favourites going in, I think anyways. Yeah, I take your point on the Tyrone, but then like you go back to the Donegal game, Michael Murphy scores that penalty. They're five up, fifteen on fifteen. Donegal win that game, don't they? They mm. just a freak missed the penalty. Then Michael Murphy does a stupid tackle, gets a black card, and then that second half performance turn. But from then on, like the morning game, to be to be fair, I think there was nip and talk it was a 50-50 game and turn. You know, if there's a one more pass, morning bring that game to extra time. Anything can happen. But the fact they managed to get over the line those two games, I personally anyway underestimated that factor going into the, the Kerry game. The extra couple of weeks, the momentum. And while they only beat Kerry in extra time, there wasn't they, they always were in the game. Their performance against Kerry was incredible. And it's such a good performance then to go into to an all-iron final. So while I, I think that they were lucky in early stages of the championship, I kind of take your point that I think they've had a better all-iron semi-final performance than Mayo. Like with Mayo, you still got to be concerned about that start against Galway. Um, like a half time, the game was over, wasn't it? Like they were five points down, and you were giving them same in the semi final as well. Same semi final, yeah. Geez, yeah. They're five points down with, with whatever seven minutes to go, or even less. So, ah, oh, this, this this championship this year is so hard to make make head or tail of it. Which is why when you do what you do there and say let's look at the form, you end up with more questions than answers. Like because again, I, I make the point like Donegal should have beaten Toronto. Well, then the morning game is 50-50. Kerry, you know, could have had beaten them, but the way they played that extra time victory, and while Mayo played well in extra time, they still kind of almost let Dublin back into the game or sat off or, oh, I don't know. But it, it, I just have this funny feeling with Tyrone going into this game. Like they're like Mayo were definitely aiming for an All-Ireland final this year, where Tyrone were probably not. Like they probably were like, let's just focus on Ulster. And to a large extent, they were right, given how close those two games were. But the fact is they got through Ulster. They've beaten this Kerry team. 
everyone's you know right not writing them off for the final but everyone wants Mayo to win it's 31 and one not just because it's Tyrone but because of the Mayo factor obviously so you're looking at Tyrone then the siege mentality already built up by COVID and everyone's saying oh they're faking code or whatever Pat Spillane was referring to or they're all having these mad sessions after wins that there's such a siege mentality now in Tyrone it would be such a if Mayo don't win it like so you're thinking you, you for as a sportsman you want Mayo to win so badly you look at this Tyrone team and again the trump card like we're saying is Kyle McShane and whether you start him or don't start him he's such a big factor now and I, you cannot underestimate the extra 20 minutes in extra time that he got obviously he would have got the 20 minutes in normal time that's what they were planning but because of extra time he had to play another 20 minutes that's 20 more minutes in the legs in an all-around semi-final against tired carry defenders like I said so he almost feels like he's more sharper than he is which is no bad thing given confidence is massive for a forward Let's not forget how good a player Colin McShane is. I actually thought Conor McKenna, for as well as he did with his scores against uh, Kerry, there's more in him as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So there's room for improvement in the forward line. They get a lot of scores from defence. I think they can rely on that again. That I'm sort of talking myself into a one-point around victory here if I had to go some way about it. But I just think it's so close. And the point I made at the start, it is, well, I accept that both these teams are nowhere near fin- at the the finish article in their seeding is so much higher that over the next couple of years they'll get better and better so will Dublin Kerry I have big plans for Armagh but Galway Donegal I think it's going to be such a competitive championship next year that you've got to win this chance when it's a coin flip you know what I mean and it, which is why I just think Tyrone I think they'll understand that and they'll be ready for it but yeah it's, it's going to be a cracking game but it's it's so hard to call I don't know you're you're probably leaning to Mayo yourself judging by what you're saying or no, no, I'm actually going with Tyrone as well. You're enough. going with Tyrone? Yeah, Jesus. yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I want Mayo to win. Don't get me wrong. I, yeah. I, I do want Mayo to win. My heart is definitely with Mayo on, on, on this occasion. That's nothing against Tyrone or anything like that. It's just uh, like what you said, the Mayo factor and the fact that it's just come so close. It would just be a brilliant story and I think it would be brilliant to see. Um, but I do think Tyrone are going to win it. I just think they the fact that they've just managed to find a way in all these games, like they, and like what you said, like everyone keeps writing them off and everyone keeps saying this. And, you know, every, at the start of the year, it was all about, you know, Kerry, it was all about Mayo, Donegal were getting mentioned. I mean, Toronto were getting a little bit of a mention to be fair, but like even through the league as well, when they got hammered by Kerry, like everyone was writing them off then. And they, they just seem to like keep improving game on game. Like their players do seem to be getting better as the, as the game's going on. Like Kieran McGeary's getting better. Podrick Hampsey's getting better. Noel Morgan will be brilliant from his kickouts. I'm sure doing his, his usual stuff as well. So, yeah, like I, I think it'll be one or two points. I have a feeling there'll be no goals in the game as well for some reason. Um, but look, listen, I've got the majority of my predictions wrong this year anyway. Same. So I could be, uh, I'm probably like, definitely, definitely don't rely on me anyways. Well, I'm going to predict goals then, which means one of us is correct. Although one goal, I guess technically both of us are wrong. But anyway, the 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 Kieran McGeary, who's you know player of the year elect if Tyrone win, is a fascinating one because obviously he wears six, but he seemed to me he was like he popping up everywhere, like you said. He almost like if you had if you had to go into your head, where was he playing? You'd probably argue he was playing almost wing forward at times. Do you know what I mean? Or he was, he was just he just seemed to pop up everywhere. And he's he's just improving and improving. And they've a lot of those players like that that are just getting better and better. And this is not to say Mayo aren't you. It, 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 maybe it's a bit of recency bias in the fact that Tyrone played two weeks ago. The Mayo-Dublin game feels like a lifetime ago and it was, you know, four weeks ago. So maybe that's coming into it, but I can just picture Tyrone uh, counter-attacking against this Mayo team. It'll be interesting how Mayo attack and I think that will be the winning or losing of the game. You know, Kerry obviously has been well-documented, not just here now, today, but 
uh, on the Sunday game and everywhere. They went down these blind alleys. So Mayo are obviously not going to do that, but they've got a bit more of a running game that they might just run at Tyrone. So again, you look at the the referee appointment, you're thinking it's John McQuillan is a favourite either team. It's, he's going to be a big part of it because it's, you know, David Coldrick let a lot go against Kerry and Tyrone. And he chose a bit of a random referee. Like I thought someone like David Goff, Percy would be a better fit for the for an all iron final. But with Joe, like it's going to be those one or two decisions will, you know, probably decide the final. So you, you got to factor that in as well. Would he, what would he let go? What would he not? And who will that suit? Like, I, I actually don't know, you know, so it's uh, those kind of freeze or if, if Mayo do run at her own, it's going to be like the, that interpretation of the tackle. Joe's going to probably lay, lay out his, you know, first 10 minutes of the game, give one or two freeze and you got to judge it quickly going, right, this is what he's given. Let's you know, adapt to that as quick as possible. It's what, what team can adapt to that. But yeah, for some reason, I can just see a goal or two in the game because like, I don't know. I think this, like, for example, if Colin McShane starts, I can see him popping up with a goal with Tyrone or, or very least making a run that gives Conor McKenna another goal. And then with Mayo, I, I don't know. I really, I really think that Aiden O'Shea will have a big game and I think he'll pop it off to someone running on. You don't rule out a Lee Keegan goal in an iron final again. That's his thing. That's his brand. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be fascinating. Above all, I just can't wait for the game. It's just going to be such a novelty, such a fascinating game again because these teams haven't played each other that uh yeah, it's going to come down to one or two individual battles and who can say like <laughs> yeah like what you said there like I'm, I'm thinking now as well like it's kind of hard to see how Tehran probably wouldn't score a goal given the fact that the way they do play like they play that counter-attacking style if they get those goal chances they'll probably go for them and they do have all like so many players that can score goals so now that you've kind of said that you've kind of changed my mind a bit now I'm thinking maybe <laughs> maybe it still will be low scoring but it'll be goals that might just make the the difference maybe but I'm, I'm not sure maybe i'll probably change my mind now in about uh 10 minutes time but what are you going for anyways are you leaning towards tyrone or, or mayo or what are you thinking let's go for draw and then tyrone to win it in extra time i think yeah i don't know that's a that's a fair show i mean it could be penalties as well like i think we're all we're all very much waiting for this eventual um you know all Ireland final or eventual penalty shootout that happens in uh in gaelic football yeah, so like the obviously the semi finals, like we were one point away from Kerry and Tyrone being like the first penalty shootout. And obviously in the final, then it would go to a replay after extra time, which is uh, just wouldn't it be typical now? I haven't delayed the championship for that long then to for it to go to a replay <laughs> would be just it, it's a possibility that we get a replay and then they have to give them a two week break. So the club championship will never get done realistically in those counties. So geez, that's a story. Is there, is there going to be a replay? Is there for this one? Sorry, yeah. No, so the, sorry if I actually lost your sound for a second. Yeah, the final, uh, the final, all our finals and provisional finals are covered by replays and penalty shootouts for every other game. So yeah, hundred percent on that just because I, I looked it up to be sure. So uh, yeah, we, we go, yeah, you know, I'm go, I'll go for, re- <laughs> go for a replay. Uh, you can see a replay. Can't, you can see these two counties with a minute to go. And whoever has the ball going, oh, we can't lose this. Yeah, it's just yeah. so much on the line. It's to me, it's more than all iron fine. There's just so much on the line that yeah, you just wouldn't go for the score, would you? Or you'd try and work it. So oh, I wouldn't really have a replay. But yeah, it's all iron finals will go to replay, which hasn't been talked about much, to be fair, given that a draw is usually always like in around the eight to one mark. But I wouldn't put anyone off having a few quid on the draw and just sitting back and watching the game and then draw again. <laughs> so it goes to replay. But like again, like carry carry were one kick of the ball away from penalty shootout. And Dublin were to a certain extent given they needed a goal so there's no reason why these two teams can't uh, go a draw all the way and we get we get a replay in two weeks time and no no club championship football gets played in those counties but that's a situation we'll deal with if we come to it I guess 
Yeah, like it probably would be typical of the the entire year, really, if we just had a another final. I'd probably be up for it to be honest. Have another yeah. another game, something else to to look forward to, to build up to to to, to discuss. I suppose, like and like we were saying there, yeah, like I've a funny feeling that's why it might be low scoring as well. It's just the like the nature of the occasion, how big it is, and and the fact that maybe like if there's a, an opportunity to present itself from distance, you know, maybe whether it's Conor McKenna or maybe even Colin McShane, he might not go for that opportunity that he would normally, or maybe Rhino Donahue, Tommy Conroy, something similar, because it's just it's such a huge moment. You don't want to lose that possession as well, like because then you're giving the the other team an opportunity to score. So. Uh, I mean, we could discuss it for hours, but there's definitely a lot to uh, to digest in this final anyways. And it's one of them, if you got me later on in the week, I might be there with a Mayo flag saying, I've figured it out, Mayo win by six or seven. It's just one of those games, but it, it's a tentative vote to the draw, but obviously I hate listening to these podcasts and someone tips up a draw. Not that you'd get a few quid, lads, now if you back it, but I think if you have it, I just think Tyrone by a point maybe, but it could all change. Who can say? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, look, listen, we'll have to keep a close eye on it. Uh, tackling Sport, anyways, where can, where can people find you? Yeah, at, at Tackling Sport on all social media uh, and then my own accounts at Daniel Hussey 2 on Twitter or one on Instagram. And uh, yeah, if we just be a lot more gal talk with the All Ireland final, then we'll have some sort of preview or re- review of it. But uh, yeah, we just cover loads of sports. And uh, if you're looking for a sports podcast, I guess, outside of GA Fan TV, obviously on YouTube. Uh, tackling sports the place to, to go get us all on social media and anywhere you get your podcasts or youtube perfect yeah no bother well look listen i'll uh i'll link it down below as always anyway for uh for people to go and check it out and uh yeah cheers daniel for coming on thanks for having me